0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We're glad you found us. This is
1: Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
2: Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present.
0: The Diane Ray Show. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today and joining me for the show. I'm Diane Ray. I'm glad you could be present for a little while today as we explore a really cool topic and some great information. I'm really excited about my guest today. So, If you're like me, you know, you're watching TV, you're catching up on your Better Call Saul or whatever shows that you're watching. So yesterday I'm I'm catching up on a show and you know how you see these ads all the time for big pharma. So I'm noticing, you know, there was two or three ads for some kind of drug that they're trying to get you to take, you know, for every kind of ailment under the sun. And when I'm watching this, I have to think to myself, you know, these side effects are too much. It's terrifying to even think about taking any of this stuff. I mean, the side effects, you know, if you have thoughts of death, call your doctor. Well, of course, you're going to call your doctor about that. But it's terrifying. And I know people out there are looking for for alternatives. You know, we don't want to be a slave to big pharma and and taking all these drugs not that western science isn't amazing it is and i'm certainly not saying that but i think that there's a way to holistically improve your life improve your health both physically and emotionally so we're going to talk about that today my guest is heather dane and she's a certified health coach and 21st century medicine woman specializing in resolving chronic health conditions addictions and out-of-balance lifestyles. And after recovering naturally from several so-called incurable illnesses, Heather discovered that symptoms are signposts on the road back to health. And she is the co-author of the books Loving Yourself to Great Health with best-selling author and spiritual teacher, the late, great Louise Hay, as well as the book The Bone Broth Secret. And she was also Louise's personal health coach, And Louise lived until the uh, ripe old age of 92. So Heather had a big hand in in helping Louise to live a long and healthy life. And Heather draws from her Native American lineage, combining ancient wisdom, holistic, alternative health training, as well as modern technology to offer the most cutting-edge, prescriptive remedies for your health. So I hope you check her out online at heatherdane.com. And I'm really happy to have her on the show today. So, Heather, welcome. Thank you, Diane. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, This is really fun because, I mean, we've talked so many times in the past. I don't think we've ever done an interview. (laughs) Have we ever done this?
2: (laughs) When Loving Yourself to Great Health first came out, uh, you interviewed Louise, Alia, and me, and we loved that interview. You are so good that I was excited when you asked me to come on your show again.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm really glad you could you could make it and I do remember that. Now I remember that interview because I have a picture of all of us in the studio with that book. And I was looking back at the book. I have my copy actually right here next to me. Just so much amazing information in here. It it's uh it's incredible. So I hope people pick this up too as well as The Bone Broth Secret. And first of all, I just I wanted to get the listeners or give the listeners a little bit of a background about you. And how you came into this work, because I think it's going to resonate with some people out there that are kind of on the hamster wheel of life, maybe working a high stress corporate job suffering from health issues, and, you know, not really knowing where it's coming from. And this was kind of the world where you came from, you were working in the corporate world, and then you really hit the wall and suffered from burnout. So tell us a little bit about that and how you came to do the work that you're doing today.
2: Well you know, when I was in the corporate world, probably like a lot of people listening, I was working a lot of hours, a lot of overtime. I had an executive role in a very high stress company, and so i was i I would say I lived to work more than anything else and what I wasn't talking about while I was in my corporate job to anyone was that I had a lot of health issues, I had digestive issues I had um Irritable bowel syndrome, joint issues, and a number of other things. And um, I also had the eating disorder bulimia, and I just didn't know what was going on. But what I do, when, when this all started, I, I kind of lived with all of this stuff. And I think about how many people, especially today with autoimmune conditions, Lyme disease, neuroimmune conditions, rising so rapidly that they're about to eclipse things like diabetes diabetes and heart disease, which have always been the big ones on everybody's radar. And these are the, the issues that have been confounding mainstream medicine today. It used to be that, you know, you go into the doctor and they have, even if they have a pill that has side effects, there's a way to sort of resolve some of your symptoms. Well, doctors today don't really know what to do with these autoimmune and neuroimmune conditions. And so it's becoming really difficult to think that at, you know, the age of 40, somebody could be having Hashimoto's and have to be on medications for the rest of their lives and, and or that someone has Lyme disease and there are no answers for them in medicine. And so I've been thinking about that a lot. And as I was piecing my health back together from the time that I was little, I, I believe that I was vaccine injured because shortly after a vaccination, I was paralyzed for two weeks at the age of seven. And I just woke up and my legs didn't move. And my parents, I don't remember being afraid, but I know it was serious because, you know, my father, who was traveling, got brought back home so he could carry me around the house. And little by little, um, after the two weeks, I was able to walk again. And it seemed like everything was fine, except that that's when sort of the drip of symptoms started to happen for me. It was one little thing after another, bladder issues and uh, bones coming out of their joint and by the time I was ten, I couldn't digest. It was almost like everything was stuck. And I remember going to my mother, and this is the late '70s. I'm going to my mother saying, "I nothing will move in my body. I, I don't. It's like I'm everything stuck." And of course, the doctors at the time didn't know what to do with that. And even today, a lot of doctors, unless you're working with a good naturopath or functional medicine doctor, don't really know what to do about mysterious digestive issues. So. I was given fiber pills, I was sent home, and the conditions continued to build and build and build until I almost couldn't digest at all. I was doubled over in pain most of the time, and eating almost felt like I was poisoning myself. And so I turned to bulimia. And back then, bulimia and irritable bowel syndrome and a lot of the digestive issues were considered all in your head. And I think a lot, even some doctors today still tell people that. It's all in your head, and they would tell me to take an antidepressant, which I – really didn't want to take. I grew up in a hippie household in a Native American household, so I was not one to be um, leaning into taking something that was, was synthetic. And the research that I did in, in late in high school and early in college when I was dealing with bulimia was um, that cognitive behavioral therapy is just as successful as uh, um, antidepressants and doesn't have all the side effects. So I decided to go the counseling route, and that really didn't resolve anything either. And these pains continued. So here I was after college going into the corporate world and dealing with, you know, doubled over pain, um, digestive issues, uh, depression, and things just continued to build arthritis and things like that. And finally, I had to step back with all that pressure in the corporate world and all those symptoms and say, um, I got to do something about this because I'm, I don't feel well and I'm not happy. And it doesn't matter how successful I get, how much money I make. I didn't have people in my life. You know, I didn't have enough time to spend with people. And I was ignoring some pretty serious health issues. And I decided it was time to pay attention. And that's when right. I... Wow. I mean, that's a lot that's to deal with. Got, it was a lot. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's when I got diagnosed with gallbladder disease. I decided to go see a doctor and deal with it and he said he did a special test and he said you know the reason that you're sick all the time the reason that you're tired your thyroid is low etc is because your gallbladder is not functioning properly and if you don't get it out you're never going to recover and um, and he also said things like depression and eating disorders while the doctors try to get you into expensive psychology programs or treatment centers are often at the root cause having a gallbladder disease So as I studied that, I decided that the prognosis of getting your gallbladder out within two years, most people have the symptoms all back again. And I found out that it was the most overperformed, unnecessary surgery in the United States. And then I came across a book that said, if you change your diet, you can heal your gallbladder. And because I studied nutrition along with business in college, that really made sense to me. And I decided to work on um, creating a diet that would help to heal my digestive system. And that's when everything started to change for me.
0: So you were able to, you were kind of the human guinea pig, actually, like you were able to heal yourself, but you were, you were doing it, putting yourself through these different things to see what worked.
2: Yeah, I, I was trying mostly natural things. And, you know, when it came to changing my diet, I was skeptical, you know, because it's, I think we're all skeptical about it when you have tried everything, and some some of the folks listening today may have tried a ton of different things, and gone to a ton of different doctors, and it's it, it you get to the end of your rope, and you're kind of like yeah yeah yeah, you know when you hear somebody say something, but that really like intuitively resonated with me, and I as I started to eat a diet that was help healthy for the digestive system, eating things that would digest well, digest easily, not feed candida and you know, the bacteria and the fungus and the digestive system, as I was eating that way, um, I, I one of the things I noticed right away was the pain was gone. So I wasn't feeling all that pain in my digestive system and the bloating and all of the um, issues that I was having. Then I noticed that I, within six months of eating that way, first of all, without the pain, the cravings were gone. The I was digesting. Everything was starting to change. And then within six months, I had no more depression. And that's when I began to realize that there is a gut-brain connection. And I started to look deeply into some of the research that had been done since the 1950s. But back then in the 90s and um, the early 2000s, people weren't really talking about the gut-brain connection and the microbiome the way they are today. I mean, I'm thrilled about how much information is out there about, about gut health. But nobody was really talking about it back then. But I because when you experience something in your body, you start eating better and depression is gone and anxiety is gone and you start sleeping better and things like that. I got really curious as to why is why is this? You know, why would this be the case? And are we being duped into thinking that we should be eating all of these processed foods with sugar and ingredients in them that aren't really meant for the human body that are then creating mood challenges and arthritis and health challenges, and now we have to take pills. And the pills have side effects and they create more challenges. <laughs> so I, I thought, yeah, there's got to be something to this. And that's when I started diving in deeper into the gut-brain connection. And um, then, then I got diagnosed with um, the Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which, which is a connective tissue disorder. And at that point, it's a genetic, they call it a genetic incurable untreatable um, illness, where it's autoimmune-related, but not specifically autoimmune, and it's where the all of the things that hold us up and hold us together start falling apart and becoming unreliable. And while not many people have heard about Ellis danlos Syndrome, some people may have heard about connective tissue disorders, and um, those are things that affect your bones, your joints, your eyes, your digestive system, your moods, um, your heart and all of the lymph and the the circulatory system, which is all specialized connective tissue. So everything that would, muscles, you know, teeth, everything that holds us up and and makes us um, be able to stand and walk around during our day is connective tissue. And so when I look at the fact that I have this genetic condition and they say it's injurable and untreatable, you go home and go to bed and hopefully you won't fall apart, you know, break bones and have things coming out of your joints and, organs rupturing, and hopefully everything will be okay, but there's no solution in medicine. So that was the first time that I had been diagnosed with something that medicine absolutely had no answer for. And when that happened, I began studying genetics and epigenetics, which that is the new science that after 10 years of scientists around the world studying genetics to prove that we're doomed to have the illnesses that are genes that are in our DNA, um, the scientists debunked themselves and found out that, in fact, only 5% of our health is dictated by our DNA and that we have 95% of our health into our in our own hands. And that would include how we're living our lives, the foods that we're eating, the thoughts that we're thinking, um, and the relationships that we have, how we've organized our lives and, and the amount of stress or relaxation that we have in our lives. And if we can, um, you know, create a life that's nourishing and supportive, then we we have a better chance of resolving genetic conditions that we, may be, that we may have symptoms for. And when I learned that, I thought, you know what, I'm going to really start focusing on how do I heal this genetic condition? I had upwards of 50 LRXAMO surge connective tissue um, mm-hmm. gene mutations. And I thought, if I, can, if I can heal this these symptoms, then I'll be a good test case for how I work with my clients. And that's when i um, started to see that once we know what, what people's gene mutations are, we can start adding, like a gene, a gene is, um, uh, you have a vitamin, a mineral, an enzyme, you know, some kind of a, a, a nutrient that makes a gene work or not work. And if I can find out what genes are, are expressing symptoms in my clients, I could give them nutrition and supplements that would actually help turn those gene switches off. So using myself as a, case, uh, a test case, <laughs> I started working on that. And I found that with myself and with my clients over the years, the, the results were miraculous and being able to just focus on nutrition and lifestyle to help people resolve their health.
0: It's really fascinating what you're talking about, because, you know, what you're saying is that now science is really backing up um, a lot of things that that people knew back in the day, like, you know, like talking about bone broth and and some of the remedies that you're working with. Like we had, we had that information all along and now we have the actual hard evidence and and the proof to back it up that food, you know, changing your environment. We have more control over those things than was previously thought. Like you were saying, we're not slaves to our, our DNA and our genes. Like it's all predetermined. We have a lot more control in changing the outcome. So I think that's yeah, really empowering yeah. to to yeah, find out that is. to find that out. you know we have more control.
2: It and it's, it's exciting because when people come to me with addictions or gene issues, or they had a parent who was an alcoholic or they had something going on like that, and we look at the genes, we can see the story of why that was happening and why the um, their family members or why they were having those symptoms. And it, it becomes less about blaming ourselves, because like, we, we don't always blame ourselves for things like cancer or a heart attack or something like that, but we blame ourselves for mental and emotional issues. and We blame ourselves for addiction. There's a lot of shame and self-blame. I felt that way, and I know a lot of my clients have felt that way. But when you look at the genes and you see the, um, the reason why somebody might have... Um, leans into something like that based off of the genetics that they have and the fact that they're deficient in certain nutrients that would have actually resolved that, it becomes less about blame and more about, you know what, if I learn to take care of myself better and support myself and get into the kitchen and make food when I think I don't have the time or energy, you know, and I take this time for myself, that's not just self-care. It's also self-love and self-love and self-care the time for ourselves in that way allows us to nurture those genes back and nourish them back into health.
0: So would you do you recommend to your clients to do one of those genetic tests that are available now like 23andMe or some of those other ones that are on the market? I I do I like
2: 23andMe which people can go look at 23andMe it's the 23andMe.com and I do like that because not only do you get a basic report of your, they give you your ancestry as well as your raw health data. And they give you a report about your health that's not that interesting. What's interesting is the raw health data. And once you run that data through some algorithms, you can get a report of what is going on with your moods, with your physical health, with the symptoms that you're experiencing. The reason why I like to do that is things like, I have friends that will do things like, don't they'll, they'll if they want to go on hormone replacement therapy or they may want to take a certain medication their doctor may be recommending to them. When it's a serious medication or it's a serious um, protocol that somebody wants to go on from a medical perspective, I like to look at the genetics first because sometimes there's something called pharmacogenetics, which really just means that based on our genetic blueprint, certain drugs may not work for us. certain protocols may not work for us. Like everybody's talking about turmeric. Turmeric is wonderful. We should be, everybody should be taking it, but there are certain people where turmeric is going to make it worse for them. And so if I've got somebody who's got a mystery illness and they're doing a lot of using a lot of turmeric or they're on a hormone replacement therapy or something like that, if I look at their genes, I might see why those things that they're doing are actually not in their best interest. So it really, in my, from my perspective helps to zero in on, how can we tailor a, um, a healing approach for this person? And I'm not anti-medication. I'm not anti the medical system. I just believe in let's try, especially if it's a lifestyle disease, which the World Health Organization is saying that we're switching from infectious diseases to lifestyle diseases today. So we know that a lot of us are falling into the lifestyle disease category. And so if it's a lifestyle disease, have the an opportunity to resolve it instead of placing a bandaid over it or possibly making it worse to me is really worth it
0: right and we're also different too our our body chemistry and everything what is going to work for one person obviously isn't going to work for someone else so that one size fits all you know diagnosis just isn't isn't working anymore and then once right. you have that information like you were saying you can find options or other treatments rather than just give someone another drug, another drug, you know, here's something else. And, le- and, you know, like you said, it's a band-aid. it's not really getting to the the cause right. of, of whatever people are, are suffering from. So it's, right. it's exciting that this new science is out there backing everything up and that you're able to take that and then, you know, go back and find remedies like in the book, the bone broth secret. And I'm sure people have noticed you know, bone broth at farmer's markets and, and more people are are talking about it. So our grandmothers were right, you know, eating your chicken soup and, you know, that kind of thing is really is good for you. And I just think it's so in- encouraging that we can use some of those remedies rather than just, you know, take take some kind of pill. So I wanted to ask you, too, like with our lifestyles and the way things are today, you know, there's been a rise in allergies, food sensitivities, autoimmune issues, chronic pain I mean, I'm sure we all have a friend that's complaining about their back or, you know, some other kind of issue. So a lot of these are really modern or lifestyle causes like like you were talking about. So our modern lifestyle has really, you know, done a number on our bodies, hasn't it, in a lot of ways? Yes,
2: it has. And I mean, if you think of things like most people who are in pretty good health listening could simply eliminate sugar, processed foods, the packaged foods that are out there in the, in the uh, grocery aisles, um, things with flour in them. And a lot of people are hearing about this genetic um, um, mutation called MTHFR. And it really just means that um, the body doesn't process folate properly. And flour has enriched folic acid, which is the synthetic folate. And so the body does not is not able to break that down. And that's 70% of people. That if you've had a lot of stress, trauma, medications, or injuries, and you're now having symptoms, seventy percent of people could find themselves kicked into that MTHFR stopping, stop working properly. And so, if you just simply eliminate flour, processed flour, enriched flour, you might find that you feel better because the build up the folic acid in flour, is building up and building up with no chance to break down in this person's body, and it, it, it sort of for your detoxification pathways, for your mood, for your ability to sleep, your ability to make decisions, your nervous system health. All the systems that run your body can get mucked up when that folic acid builds. So, you know, 70% of people listening could give up follow foods, give up dairy, give up gluten, and give up high fructose corn syrup and processed sugars. And now most people are going to start feeling better on that. There may be a two-week period of, die off or feeling kind of weird because your body's adjusting. And then most people are going to feel better. But then you've got your mystery people and your people who have autoimmune conditions or multiple sclerosis and neuroimmune conditions. They need to go a little bit further on that. And that's where I would want to really look at um, the genetic uh, makeup, the genetic blueprint, and see exactly what's going on so we can zero in on what is working and what is not working.
0: Right. Someone with more of a a chronic condition like that would take, would be a little bit more investigating. But for generally cutting out the things that you were talking about, you know, dairy, gluten, processed foods, I mean, our bodies weren't really developed. We, we weren't, we haven't evolved to eat that kind of stuff. Right. Right. I mean, we're not, we're not really supposed to be eating that. Right.
2: There isn't, there isn't, nutrition at all in sugar and processed foods and in a lot of the the rich follow foods. There's no nutrients. They've removed a lot of the things that are, um, that were whole about that food, you know, like like sugar cane, for example. And they've, they've bleached it. They've processed it and refined it. They've taken anything out that would make it a grounding food or give us at least some nutrients. And then they've added toxic chemicals to it. And that's how the processed food industry works, is that they're they're trying to create shelf life. So they're trying to make it last on the shelf. The other thing I found out when I was researching the processed food industry is um, there was this time period where uh, the processed food industry realized that they weren't going to make enough money because the population wasn't growing fast enough, and they wanted to be able to grow their profits at, say, you know, 10 to 12% per year. But the population wasn't growing enough, and so they decided that the way that they were going to keep their profits up was to get people to eat more. And the way they were going to get people to eat more was to add ingredients, especially sugars, about, there's something like 75,000 processed foods on the market, and most of them have sugar in them, added sugar, even though it doesn't need to have added sugar, because they know that sugar is addictive. And it sends a signal to the brain, which creates addiction, It, it sends a little They have uh, psychologists on, their, um, on staff that they pay a lot of money to create beautiful packaging that will make you want to buy the food. They figure out how to package it up in snacky ways so that, oh, it's only 200 calories for this little bag, you know, and whatever it is. And they get you and they add the ingredients to make you want to eat more. And their goal was to get the average person, and they were starting with people who are already overweight and already experiencing craving-related issues. I make and they calorie both populations first to get them to eat at least 200 calories a day more. So when you know, if you believe in affirmations, if you believe in saying, I love myself, I, I'm open to, you know, loving myself, I feel I feel great today. You know, I'm being really grateful and thankful and you believe in the intention of affirmation, Imagine an entire company with thousands of employees and billions of dollars. Putting negative affirmations that you you can't just eat one, you have to eat more. You know, putting those affirmations and those ingredients into
0: your food. That you're right. Oh, hold, hold that thought. We're going to take another. a break real quick and come right back with some more amazing information with Heather Day and stay with me.
3: We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous donations of listeners like you. If you feel inspired by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make your offering today. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity
1: Mindful Moment with Catherine Ponder, taken from a classic talk called The Prosperous Truth, recorded at Unity of Austin in 1991.
2: I heard from a young lady
3: who was just starting out as a unity minister. And she said, I am not teaching prosperity yet in my ministry because I have not yet demonstrated it in my own life. And I don't think I should teach what I have not demonstrated.
2: And I wrote her back and said, honey, (laughs) you've got it all backwards. You need to teach what you want to learn. You teach what you want to demonstrate because you cannot demonstrate what you do not know. There must be an inworking before there can be an outworking.
1: To find out more about Unity Teachings, visit unity.org.
0: The world is full of people with amazing stories. I'm Diane Ray and make plans to join me every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Central for my radio show, Be Present. Each week, I invite you to join in the conversation as I talk to guests about health and wellness, spirituality, metaphysics, philosophy, and a lot more. I want to share information that you can apply to your life today. Listen live or download the show later on demand. I hope you can tune in here on unityonlineradio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555.
2: Welcome back to Be Present, The Diane Ray Show.
0: And we're back. Thanks for joining me after the break here. I'm Diane Ray and I'm talking with Heather Dane, a 21st century medicine woman about natural healing remedies, uh, lifestyle, diet, how we can change our lives for the better without always having to rely on some kind of pill. There's a lot of other alternatives out there. And if you have a question, if you wanted to jump in, 816-251-3555 is the number to get in touch with us. And before the break, we were talking about just how the processed food industry kind of has us addicted. And, and that's so true, you know, with these sugary cereals and, and the stuff that's out there right now, and that's really their goal. You know, the, the more they can hook us into something, the more money that they're going to make. So there, there really is another option. I mean, people can get off that addiction train and start looking for some alternatives. And one of the things that I mentioned a little bit earlier about bone broth, and we're seeing it out there a lot more. You use it a lot in your practice with your clients to help them to heal. And it's so interesting now. I'm, you know, seeing it at farmers markets. You know, people are are buying it like, you know, like coffee in the morning. Um, so what what's going on with that? What makes that simple Thing that's been around for you know hundreds of years, if not longer. So effective. What makes bone broth so effective? Well,
2: I think there are a couple of things. You know, when when Louise Hay and I were writing the Bone Broth Secret, we did a lot of research into even since the 1600s on um, the studies that were done on gelatin in bone broth, which is the collagen in bone broth, and. There have been studies done because this is a food that we know has been eaten since at least the year 1000, if not before that. Now, by the time all of us turn 40 years old, the collagen, that stuff that your connective tissue, the stuff that holds you up and holds you together starts to dramatically decrease. So there are people who will say, by the time I turn 40, my body is falling apart. And it's kind of something you hear out there. And, part of that reason is we've abandoned this ancestral food and we've begun eating soup off the shelves instead and soup off the shelves is not the same thing it does not have any collagen in it and it's also got a lot of bpa which is a toxic chemicals in cans that are linked linked to mood issues breast cancer prostate cancer and obesity so you've already got something like that in the soup you've got the wrong kind of sodium which is um, they use a type of salt that's been processed and there's only two minerals left, sodium and chloride in that, um, in that salt. And that, those are the minerals when you take them away from the 84 trace minerals that should be in salt, create swelling, heart issues, and all kinds of other problems. So that sodium is in the soup. And it's, there's other chemicals and other um, additives in your regular can of soup, but no collagen. And so our ancestors, when they were making soup, they were zero waste people and they would use an entire animal instead of just parts of an animal and they would take the bones and the the jiggly stuff that surround bones like joints and the tail and um, different parts the cartilage and things like that and they would put it in and they would make a soup out of that and when you simmer uh, those types of bones in water for at least eight hours what you get is bioavailable collagen the collagen has been hydrolyzed in that simmering process And now it's available for your body. And what's kind of cool about it is is in the broth, when you take that in, that collagen goes into your body and it creates a, um, a, it sort of lays a barrier down on the small intestine and it heals and seals the tight junctions of the small intestine. Now, most people today who are dealing with immune issues, I work with a renowned immune specialist in medicine. And what I learned, and what she's learned is that because we have seventy percent of the immune system in the gut, she has not seen one single person in all of her studies that have has who has an immune issue also have a good gut. She said every single one of them also has leaky gut. so when the immune system starts to degrade the gut, you can be pretty sure that the gut is degrading, and one of the reasons that that can happen is because those tight junctions in your small intestine. They're supposed to be a barrier so that food doesn't get out into the bloodstream and other nutrients that aren't supposed to get out. They're supposed to be processed by the small intestine and delivered through the rest of your digestive process. But instead, they're getting out into the bloodstream where your immune system is now on high alert to go deal with them because they shouldn't be there. And now there's an inflammatory response that's been created. And as your immune system is rushing off to deal with that, it's not doing a lot of other things it should be doing and it's not able to do its job effectively. The more that goes on, it starts to create a problem for the blood-brain barrier, which is that barrier surrounding your brain. And that's what helps keep your moods good and keeps your brain healthy. And once that becomes permeable, you start getting emotional issues, mood challenges, tics, and things like that that can start happening because now your brain is involved in this gut-brain process. So the uh, bone broth helps to correct that process. And it helps to sort of lower the um, increase immunity and lower that inflammation that's taking place. So that's a pretty cool thing. The other thing that it does is it helps to pull nutrients out of other foods that you're eating. So you've got this easy to digest food, puts no issues on the digestive system and just sort of allows you to heal and seal that leaky gut and get more out of the other foods that you're eating. It also protects you from pathogens and other Sort of assaults that can happen in the digestive system. So that's a basic thing. And in Chinese medicine, they say like heals like. And if you've got a Lyme disease or an immune challenge, we know that you've got a leaky gut. You're probably having challenges with energy, with your lymphatic and cardiovascular system, joint health issues, and things like that. And so If you've got something like that going on and you take in an easy to digest food like bone broth, which has collagen in it, you are actually nourishing and supporting those collagen connective tissue aspects of your body that really need help. And so I find that people with arthritis feel better after three to six months of of having bone broth. People with digestive issues start feeling better. People get muscle tone. I had one of my clients call me and she was in her 50s. And she just started taking it for gut issues. And she called me to tell me that she started having muscle tone again. So it's pretty cool that the the other effects that it has beyond what you think you might be consuming it for.
0: Right. That's so interesting. I've also heard that it's great for your hair. Like I had a friend of mine tell me, you know, her hair started growing back. Um, You know, it had more shine to it. You know, her skin was better. So it just has all these, these great effects. To, you know, really, really benefit us and just something so old, you know, so old and simple, like people, like you said, from back time, time began, you know, this is one of the most, the earliest things that, that people were eating. And I guess with our modern lifestyle, like we're not out there as physical, um, you know, out in the fields working like we did. Most people lead really sedentary lifestyles. So using something simple like this, that people knew from hundreds of years ago, is really amazing, just all the benefits. And I wanted to mention too that you've got some recipes, a meal and dessert recipes, a detox podcast, a recipes for bone broth on your website. If people go to heatherdane dot com slash free gift, they can check out some of that that cool stuff. Because it really is easy to make, right? I mean, you just kind of it's- save save the bones and throw it in the freezer and hold that for a while until you have enough to, you know, to make a soup.
2: Yes. Yeah and you can throw vegetable scraps like the ends of the carrots and the skins of the onions. I mean, this is a great way to have a zero waste lifestyle and go back to the way our ancestors did things where we, we care about the natural world and we care about being in harmony and we care about things like sustainability. And so when you're doing something like this, you're actually giving back as well as gaining nutrients. And to me that giving and receiving that's love, that's the ability to give and receive love when you're, when you're treating, thinking about the environment, and the environment is nourishing you so yeah a, a bag in your freezer throw in your the, the bone scraps from your meals if you eat chicken or something like that you can throw the whole carcass in there and just wait till you've got enough bones or you can even go buy bones at the um, usually in the freezer section or if you ha- go to a, a butcher who does grass-fed i recommend grass-fed organic um, red meat or pasture-fed uh, poultry pasture fed organic poultry so that you get high quality animals who are eating their native food and not eating the stuff that the uh, mass farming industry is feeding them which of course the corn and the soy and stuff that they're getting fed is not what they're supposed to be eating so we look for healthy animals and um, you only need like let's say about uh, you could put in um, about six pieces of oxtail and a foot like a beef foot and then some marrow bones and you throw that in, and if you want some vegetables, I recommend throwing it in in the last hour of simmering. And you can simmer it anywhere from 8 to 24 or 36 hours, however long you want to do it. But 8 hours is a good minimum to get collagen. And then throw the veggies in in the last hour, and then you get to all the vitamins within that hour from the vegetables, the vitamins and the minerals. And now you've got this, um, this elixir that's very inexpensive. And if you're doing... Um, any powders, like collagen powders, or you're doing, uh, you're taking um, supplements for arthritis, or you're doing a green drink, this can be a really good, inexpensive replacement.
0: And what do you do if you have a client that is a vegetarian or vegan? Is there a way to get those same benefits without using the animal product? But I don't know how so, you would get that. You wouldn't get that same collagen. There's, there's really nothing else that could substitute for that, is there?
2: The only, and I researched and researched this because I do have clients that are vegetarian and vegan, and I want to honor wherever everyone is on their path. Um, but there is, there is no collagen. There's no collagen that feeds the human collagen system in plant foods. There is only, even things, people will say things like aloe or nopales or something like that. There is no plant collagen that feeds the human collagen system, only animal protein. And so um, what you can do, though, is if you want something that's easier to digest, you can make a zero waste veggie broth and that could replace a green drink. So you take scraps of your veggies or you might take like a red cabbage and some beets, and some um, garlic and onions, if you can eat those, and kale and collards and things like that. And you can throw them all. And I have a recipe. So when people come to heatherdane.com slash free gift, you'll, you'll see that there's a recipe there for that. And you can just put that in and simmer it for 45 minutes to an hour. Don't If you do it longer, it starts to take sw- taste swampy. <laughs> so... 45 minutes to an hour is all you need, and then you just strain out the veggies, and some people will grind them up and use them for fiber and thickener and other foods, and other people will just discard them because all the nutrients are gone. And you have now a nice liquid to drink, and it's that's a really nice thing to do for your body if you're having a lot of digestive issues and you need something super gentle, a gentle way to get minerals in.
0: That sounds great. I mean, so many people that I talk to, a lot of friends, that seems to be the number one complaint, Followed by back pain or, or yeah. headaches. You know, I always hear about that from people that they're suffering from, you know, any any one of those three things. So it seems like there's a lot, of, a lot of people in pain, a lot of people with digestive issues. And there's some other remedies that you've talked about also in the book, Loving Yourself to Great Health, that we can try as well. And you had mentioned B12. And that's something that I've been uh, experimenting with, you know, adding B12 to my supplement regimen. And what what does that do, or why are we deficient in that, or what happens if we don't well, have B12? What's,
2: in, what's interesting of vitamin B12 is, again, the only food that it's found in is animal protein. People talk about it being found in seaweed, but we know today, after years of research, that that's a fake analog of B12, and it tricks the body. So it's not the best way to try to get B12 in. So the only way to get B12 from food is through animal protein. But if you are like many people and have leaky gut and malabsorption and immune issues, it can be difficult to digest until you've got that gut issue fixed. And so bone broth is a good way to do that. And then with B12, um, you can take a sublingual B12, which goes under your tongue, and then you just let it dissolve by itself. And there's brands like Jarrow, which is J-A-R-R-O-W, and Seeking Health at SeekingHealth.com that have a sublingual um, B12. And I recommend starting low. So I like Gerald because they have a 500 microgram, which is a low amount that you can take. And what that does is if you've heard about something called methylation, and that, that would be related to the people I talked to earlier who ha- might be hearing that they have MTHFR, a genetic switch is creating some health challenges for them. These are usually people who are not recovering no matter what they try. They usually have methylation challenges. And methylation is really the way that your DNA switches. It's um, the thing that happens outside of your DNA when you apply a nutrient to it that will help your nervous system, your moods, your digestive system, your sleep, your decision-making, everything. And so um, B12 helps to support that. Why we're having so many problems today is we have stress. We have heightened stress today. We have electromagnetic fields, which is the anything from things that are electricity and the 4G and 5G that we have for our cell phone towers and um, any kind of uh, computers and cell phones and things like that. those those things assault the body and create a stress to the body and the more stress the body has the more the nervous system is taxed and that can sort of fray the nervous system and create some problems and people usually show up with um neuropathy or they have trouble walking it can affect your gait it can affect your moods and it's we have such a deficiency that there's a whole book written about it called could it be b12 that a nurse and her doctor husband wrote because they were furious That the medical industry wasn't checking people for the simple vitamin deficiency before they started prescribing them medications or diagnosing them with things like multiple sclerosis because sometimes a multiple sclerosis um, diagnosis is actually a b12 deficiency not so much multiple sclerosis so it's a it's really a widespread issue in our world today and when you take the b12 under your tongue it goes directly into your bloodstream so you don't have to worry about digesting it properly we're looking for methylcobalamin and adenosylcobalamin, not the one that's in the cheap supplements, which is um, cyanocobalamin, which is kind of an analog cyanide. It's, we're looking for the active forms of B12, and that's why I recommend Jarrow and Seeking Health, because you, can, you get those active forms in there. And if you start low and you just take a small amount once a day and get over any startup symptoms because your body's working again, you may find that you start feeling more energy, you start feeling stronger, you're sleeping better, you're making better decisions. It's kind of like, to me, one of the most grounding um, supplements, but it's also that supplement that helps get your genes functioning in the right direction.
0: Well, I never knew that it it did all that. I mean, I've only heard of B12 in, in connection with low energy. You know, people say, oh, get a B12 shot, and you'll be you'll be energized you'll you'll feel your your levels go up but that that's interesting about B12 and also i i had heard before in the in the past about vitamin d deficiency but not so much about B12 and i'm sure yeah. you've heard you've heard that too about vitamin d which isn't really a vitamin I- right
2: it's a hormone and I usually like to go below the hormones before I the hormone is a bigger hammer than than a mineral for example so I usually like to see what's going on with the minerals like magnesium I like looking at active and storage levels of, of vitamin D before I decide whether the hormone is the right approach um, I do agree that having good vitamin D levels is very important but I like to look underneath at the minerals and the other vitamins that are involved before I go to a hormone you know it just Start, lo- start at the lower common denominator so that we can fix what's going on.
0: Right. And also um, in the books that you've written, Loving Yourself to Great Health and talking about the Bone broth Secret and working with Louise Hay, you know, I want to touch on the emotional parts of our lives as well. Um, you know, so many people are dealing with depression and, and other emotional issues. You know, uh, Myrtle Fillmore, one of the founders of Unity, Uh, was able to heal herself from tuberculosis back in the 1800s by believing in the power of affirmative prayer to heal and, you know, just changing her her mindset, you know, and, of course, Louise, the queen of the power of affirmations in her own healing journey from cervical cancer. So I was hoping we, we could touch a little bit about that as well, like how some of these foods and the remedies that you're talking about can really help us on an emotional level.
2: Well, you know, one of the things that I, I study Native American medicine, and I've, I've been actually for the past few years getting dreams from my great-grandmother. Like many of the women in my Native American community, um, we've started dreaming about our great-grandmothers, and my great-grandmother's been coming to me with um, medicine, old medicine ceremonies, and I've been talking to the medicine people at um, – at the Iroquois nations that I'm involved with and uh, they've been they've been telling me that these are these are old medicine ceremonies and what I'm dreaming about is actually something that's been done in our history and as I looked at Native American medicine one of the things that I noticed is that um, we don't just look at the illness and and a deficiency or a food or a, a plant medicine we also look at unfulfilled desires of the soul and Unfulfilled desires of the soul is a really big one and it's something that I believe all of us have because we all come in and we believe that we have to pay our bills and do our to-do list and we oftentimes put ourselves at the end of our to-do list and we have these dreams that we're not living and so I believe that healing like major trauma and mood issues and and a major health issues are we are being called to step forward into a very deep journey Of recognizing what it is we actually came here to do and that's why I think that the power of prayer and ceremony and the rituals and our ancestral cultural ways our ancestral language our ancestral foods are incredibly important going back I found in my work with my clients that when we go back into the DNA and we know that the DNA is an echo of your ancestors and we know that it asks us DNA will tell you how much stress you hold on to how to set up your lifestyle because of that issue if you have it. And it will tell you what foods you need to eat. And guess what? Those are all the ways that your ancestors lived when they were living on the land and they were still living in community and, and ceremony. So part of the healing journey for people who are really experiencing chronic issues is to, to go lean back into the ways that your ancestors did things and think about the prayers. And as you eat those foods, eat those foods with gratitude the way that our ancestors did. Eat them in community. Sit at the table and break bread with people you love. And when you do things like that and you take those nutrients in, that's giving a language to your body. There is a language. Prayer has a language and ingredients have a language in your body. And so as you deliver that in, you can't help but start to heal. Everything in there is saying, I love myself. When you do those things and everything in there is reminding your DNA of what it already knows that we need each other and we need our communities and we need our ancestors and um, people that we trust and love in our community to be supporting us. And, you know, what I love about bone broth is it's connective tissue. And our communities are connective tissue. Our communities are what keeps us, what holds us together when the shit hits the fan, basically. Right, so I right. Think that, I <laughs> That's think true. I, I always say community's immunity. You know, these are the things that remind us to go back to all those things we said we didn't have time for. All the things when I was in my corporate job that I said I didn't have time for because I had to get the job done. I had to find my way back to all of those things. And as I did, I became healthier and happier and more more joyful than I ever had before. So I think, you know, eating well and nourishing your body is just one more way to give a prayer, you know, to say a prayer with food, with nutrition in your body and give that DNA what it needs.
0: Isn't it so interesting, though, the mind body connection and how that all works together, where it's great when you learn about the, the physical piece, you know, the foods that we need to eat, taking care of our, our physical bodies, but also how we have to take care of our, our emotional bodies, you know, our, our relationships with people, our, our community, like you, like you mentioned, how that all kind of ties in together to support us. The, the whole package, you know, everything, the the mind, body, and spirit, because if, you know, if you're, if something's wrong, you know, emotionally, And you really have to drill down and see where that's coming from. It's expressing itself physically.
2: Yes. And 90% of your happiness is in your gut. That serotonin, the happiness hormone, 90% of that is manufactured in your gut. That's your self-esteem, your happiness, your ability to sleep, your ability to make decisions. 90% is manufactured in your gut. If you're not delivering healthy nutrients in there, your body can't make happiness. And so the the other thing is you have a community of that good and bad bacteria in your gut. I think this is miraculous. We've got this community of good and bad bacteria. They are auxiliary DNA. They can help turn on and turn off switches. They can help make nutrients that you're missing, and they send signals to the brain. So if that community you put like crappy food in there and that community is out of balance, it's going to send a danger signal to your brain in, as anxiety, as depression as bipolar, it's going to send danger signals to your brain. And if that community is in balance, it sends signals of balance and happiness to the brain. So we, in our bodies, we are a microcosm of the macrocosm. We have so much community in our body and in order for it to work well, we have to love it and nurture it with our thoughts, with our
0: food and with our lifestyle. Right. the gut brain immune connection. And there's so much more information about that available. Like we hear about probiotics, probiotics now, <laughs> I stumbled over that yeah. one a little bit, you know, before you never saw ads for the kind of yogurt with probiotics. And, you know, we're hearing about how important that is the gut brain connection. So it's really interesting. And, you know, just we have a couple of minutes left, but I just wanted to ask you in in working with Louise Hay over the years and spending all that time with her, you know the the queen of affirmations, and you know she really walked her walk because we've we've talked about this before, where you know she wouldn't let herself, or or tried not to as much as possible say or, you know, think things that were going to be detrimental to her health. I remember I had a a something wrong with with my back and I was limping around the office. And she goes, oh, you're not feeling supported, are you? And I'm like, no, you're right. I'm really not feeling supported. And, and just how she was able to, to make those connections. I mean, what, what was uh, or a few of the things that you learned from her in that way, well, working one, with her?
2: One of the things I loved about her is she did every, every way we spoke, like, you know, how people eat something that they like and they say, oh, this is to die for. When we were with Louise, we said this is to live for. And one of the things that she would do at every meal, she loved cooking healthy food, and she knew that people didn't have the time and energy. So she would say things like, I love my kitchen, and she'd walk to her refrigerator and say, what beautiful nutrition are you going to deliver to me today? You know, she would be talking to herself in the kitchen to make it a joyful experience. And then when we sat down to eat something healthy, she would bounce in her seat. She would be bouncing and, and and smiling and we'd all laugh because we knew that healthy food could be delicious. And we knew that it was also delivering something healthy and doing something nice for our body. So she was in celebration during the entire meal. And I think we've lost that a lot today. I mean, even saying a prayer before a meal, we've lost that a lot today, saying a prayer while we're cooking. So that's right. what I loved about her.
0: No, she she was one of a kind for sure. It's been so great to talk with you and you've shared some incredible information with us. And I hope everyone goes to the website, heatherdane.com and check out the free gifts. And Heather, thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Diane.
0: Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.